So, so you new parents that are going to have a baby, expect to have your car seat expire. Or multiple children. Multiple. Thinking that you're going to reuse this car seat for the rest of your life, or the rest of your procreative life, if that's a word. <laughs> and you're not, right? Because I mean, it expires. Welcome back to the Beck Bodie No Bonds podcast. My name is Ben Beck. I'm here with Matt Marizio. Well done. Marizio. Exactly. No long eye. Um, <laughs> um, yep. Before we begin, um, I'd like to remind everybody to uh, check us out at beckbody.com, Instagram at beckbody, uh, or also on our personal uh, Instagram pages at Matt Marizio. Nice. At uh, B Beck thirty three thirty three or uh, Jim Bodie who's not with us today, but we miss him. Uh, miss at you, J Bodie seventy one um, on Instagram. I think he's up to three posts now since Oof. we started this. This guy's uh, on fire, which is great. Uh, but uh, we want to welcome everybody um, to today's podcast, uh, where we're spending a lot of time helping folks make sense of some of the financial decisions that they. Uh, have to make or will have to make uh, in their lives. And it's our duty, we feel, to provide clarity and educate folks so that they can make the right decisions as they move forward in life. Um, today, Matt, tell us what we're going to talk about today. Well, what are he, we talking about today? We're talking about something <laughs> near and dear to our hearts. So, collectively, between the two of us, mm -hmm. there are a grand total of nine children, seven years and younger. And growing? Maybe. And growing, at least on this end. All right. <laughs> not that's not a birth announcement. That's <laughs> not what this That's not what this <laughs> podcast is. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about the financial considerations mm -hmm. when you're having a baby, what to think about, and it's no secret um, with this many kids between us. Like, you, they cost more money. I mean, there's car seats. There's seats that they eat in. There's mm -hmm. seats that they don't eat in or ride in, but they sit in. And then there's pillows and there's bibs and utensils and toys and, I mean, activities. So th that, we get it. Like, that isn't actually what we want to talk about today because that's not a secret. Before we forget, begin, though, can I just bring something up, um, <laughs> which I always found hilarious since I started having kids? Yeah. Car seats have expiration dates. That's the most, Thank you for bringing that up. I mean, we're going to go on a tangent here because I have right. an argument with my wife all the time. <laughs> Like, this is plastic. It's not expiring. She says, no, no, it's a safety thing. Well, you, safety? Left, you left it out of the fridge too long. <laughs> all right? And now you're going to get a new car seat. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Sorry, I forgot to put it back in the fridge and I was done riding. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, I don't understand that. So really any new don't. parents that are going to have a baby, expect to have your car seat expire. Or multiple children. Multiple. Thinking that you're going to reuse this car seat for the rest of your life or the rest of your procreative life, if that's a word. <laughs> and you're not. Right? Because I mean, it expires. Yeah, or you could be like me and just break the law and argue with your wife and say the car seat still works yeah. and then eventually lose the battle. Now, yeah. the goldfish or the yogurt raisins that are ground into the car seat, <laughs> those definitely have an exp expiration date. <laughs> yeah. All right? So you might want to get rid of the car seat in general because it smells. Yeah. But um, yeah, car seats actually have expiration dates. But I'm sorry to no. interrupt you. Carry on. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so, th so, yes. Children cost a lot of money, but we wanted to address 
some of the stuff, I mean, I know personally that I did not think about before children mm -hmm. or even in the early years of children. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, I'm the oldest is only seven, so I guess I can technically still be in the early years. But, mm -hmm. but my point was I just had a kid. I'm living in a fog. I have not left that fog, but that's a different story. That what do I, like, what else do I need to be doing? I'm an adult. I'm responsible for these lives now. Mm -hmm. what, is there stuff that I should be doing that I don't know about? And that's kind of what we wanted to bring up. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, we come from different, you know, while we all have a bunch of kids, yep. um, we've got some similarities. We both played baseball, went to the same college and things of that nature. But we came from different backgrounds, obviously. Yeah. You know, you um, didn't start in the financial industry. I no. had the benefit of starting in the financial industry. So some of the things we're going to be talking about today were based upon the nature of my industry. I was aware of and I was able to take advantage of, but a lot of folks aren't in the financial industry yet. I'll say a lot of folks in the financial industry still don't take advantage no. as they should of certain things that they need to put in place. Um, and um, owning Beck Bodie, opening that company, our company, uh, now six and a half years ago, um, now I already had children at the time, mm -hmm. uh, but that caused me to go through uh, some of these processes again in terms of some of the things we'll talk about from insurance, estate plans, and things of that yep. nature. But um, I don't know. Talk. You do, let's, do you, yeah. So let's start. Let's start with uh, a trust, a will, and a trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. We already we we already identified. I did not start right from school into finance. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was my, in my mind a trust was something that the Rockefellers. The Carnegies, th th those families had trusts. You know, I didn't grow up with a trust. I don't need a trust. That's mm -hmm. not until I'm at that buku bucks level. Right. What I have learned since coming in, and you can explain and elaborate on this, is a living trust is a really good way to protect your children from going through the courts or ending up should you die, because that's what a when a trust, a living trust, is really it comes into play is if you die and mm -hmm. your spouse dies. Um, having that in place bypasses all those probate court problems that you may get into and your kids could potentially wind up in hands that you didn't really want them to wind up in because the state of Massachusetts, which is where we're in or whatever state you're in, decided that was probably the best suited person to take care of your kids now that you're gone. Can I say that in a, a different way? You can say it in any way, yeah. Um, just to simplify things, because again, as we talk about a lot, as our industry does a very good job at making somewhat simple concepts, or, or what are simple concepts, very complex. A trust is nothing more than a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a legal, it's an entity that dictates, a piece of paper that dictates what happens when you die. Yep. You know, with your assets, when right. you die. And people are going to say, isn't that a will? Isn't that what a will is? Yeah, but there's, but there's a little bit of a difference between a will versus a trust. A trust is a legal document, which gets, um, and I don't know how far into it we want to go in terms of the differences here, but... Well, uh, I think just explain why a trust is a level up from just a standard will and, sure. why, uh, and why that actually can be more beneficial for a parent than just a straight up will. Right. So um, in terms of uh, the, the trust versus a will, a will is essentially your ability is, is to pass on mm -hmm. certain items, right? Yep. Uh, when, you, when you pass away. Where a trust is a, uh, as Matt was alluding to, a more in-depth legal document 
that where a number one, a simple living trust dictates what happens to your assets when you pass, but also depending on what your financial situation is, uh, a trust is also a tax and can be a way of minimizing um, certain taxes like estate planning taxes and things of that nature, uh, depending on how your assets are situated, how, what is the, the, the uh, uh, value of your assets, and again, certainly where those assets go and when they go um, to, um, um, to your beneficiaries. For example, um, you, you can set a trust up, of course, a little bit different from a will, where I say, hey, look, I've got these assets, but I don't want my beneficiaries receiving these assets when I die. Beneficiaries being children, being ch we'll say. Could be, let's say being children until maybe they hit a certain age. Because yep. you may die when, God forbid, they're, they're very young, and mm -hmm. you may not want a 12-year-old mm -hmm. getting um, access to a multi-million dollar estate. Right. And the court would say a will will hold off. The guardian will have that money until mm -hmm. the child is a legal adult, mm -hmm. 18, and then sure. it's theirs, right? Sure, right. You, can't, you don't have that flexibility in a will to say, like I did, mm -hmm. okay, if I, my wife and I die, okay, the kids are going to have X number of dollars when they're 25. They'll get X more dollars when they're 30. Mm -hmm. Or 2020, shoot, now i got to go look at it and see what I said. But that's the point is that I staggered how much they're getting and at what time they're getting it mm -hmm. because I can't. And, I just, and, and what we also do is that like if at the very end of all of it, those guardians that were that not even brave enough but kind enough to take on those five kids, if mm -hmm. we, assuming my wife and I died today, mm -hmm. um, we give them a little bit of money at the end that they don't even know is coming. And that's, you can literally structure in a trust however you want. But I think the most important point here, so we can continue on with some of the other important stuff, is that a trust allows you total flexibility to decide where your money's going, when it's going, who it's going to, where your children are going, who they're going to, mm -hmm. and whatever other stipulations you want about your personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, all go inside that living piece of paper. And, and, and one more point on that is that because there's, there's oftentimes confusion with a lot of folks that we talk to. It's like, okay, I, I kind of understand my, my, what, a, what a trust is, but then, you know, my attorney said that I have to put assets, in, how do I put an asset into the trust? And mm -hmm. what, what, that, what that actually is, it's just a matter of, think about your checking account at your bank. A trust is a legal document, and so what effectively your attorney is saying is that you are re simply retitling your account legally, your checking account, in the name of that trust. So instead of Ben Beck checking account, it's now the Benjamin Beck revocable trust dated 2016 um, account. It's titled in the account. So what that means now is what happens to those assets, because now my account is titled in the name of the trust, what happens to those assets if, if, if something happens to me is dictated by that piece of paper and not just by will or, or probate, yep. in that sense. Yep, and this is a good segue into the next topic, is insurances, your life insurance, if you have a child, mm -hmm. is something you might, you'll, you'll want to have, mm -hmm. and that insurance, if you die, you can assign to go into that trust. And that can be where a lot of that, those assets you're talking about will be divvied up to per mm -hmm. child over certain times. Mm -hmm. um, so 
insurances. Let's. Yeah. I never th- considered life insurance right. really until I had children. I was getting on a plane with my wife mm-hmm. for a uh, performance trip at my old old job, and I said to her, "We're both flying. Mm-hmm. What if the plane goes down?" Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to think like that, but we had, I think, um, four kids at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have life insurance, mm-hmm. so you better believe I got on the horn. And got some insurance. Absolutely, and and it's it's it, again another question we get a lot, right? It's it's like, do I need it? And then then of course the hundred million dollar question is is how much is mm. enough, right? Yep. And again, yep. we talked in the last podcast about defining the step one of anything and, and making sense of your financial decisions. Define the objective first, right? And so mm. you're about to get on that plane. Yep. Come to the realization I have four children. So what does that mean if something happens to me and my wife? Okay, well. It means, at the end of the day, it means what it means to you in particular, right? It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, what it means to somebody else. But what does it mean to you? So what it means to you, I'm going to guess, is that, yep. you know, that plane, something happens to me, my four children need to be taken care of, mm-hmm. right, uh, financially and otherwise until they're 18. Uh, and coming with that is if something happens to you and your wife, God forbid, then you've got to provide support for whoever is... Um, taking responsibility for them, which would be dictated, of course, by, you know, could be by your by will and trust or, mm-hmm. or so on. Healthcare proxy, you know, something we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and and then um, you might think, hey, well, I also want to have college paid for. So it might, mm-hmm. might you know, go into your calculation of um, um, how much is college going to cost? Your oldest is seven years old. My oldest is seven years old. So we're going to, you know, you know, uh, um, push that forward 18 years and do that calculation. And so these are examples of, of certain things that are commonly or we think should commonly be thought about in terms of trying to figure out life insurance. A, do you need it? Do you have things that you want to take care of financially? Paying off your mortgage, taking care of your kids, your home, other assets, uh, liabilities. Um, and then how much is based upon what you're comfortable saying, okay, well, I, I, I do want a certain standard of yep. living for, if, for my wife yep. who's a survivor or my children who survived me and so on and so forth. So the main idea here is, is that first defining um, if, you, if there are things in your life and for a 23-year-old that doesn't own any assets, doesn't have any children or so on and so forth, life insurance might not be um, something that's, that's reasonable or realistic right. to think about at that point. But as you start um, to move forward in life and you have certain things you want to take care of later in life, yep. um, it, it's certainly something that you should, at minimum, have a consultation with, with a, a financial advisor about. Yep, yep. And I mean, on that, we typically will most of the time see that a term insurance mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, but we don't have to get into right. exactly because those are case by future, case. Future podcast. Yeah, future podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And one other insurance that I that I learned coming into this is that umbrella insurance mm-hmm. where you have a home, on, home insurance, homeowner's insurance, an auto insurance, mm-hmm. and then this umbrella insurance is a little bit more per month, not a lot, but what it does is it says, okay, if some somebody trips and falls on your property and they break a leg, and then they sue you. Mm-hmm. you. They no longer are going after you with that umbrella insurance. They are going after your insurance providers, lawyers, and lo- legal team. Mm-hmm. So you better believe there's a whole lot more firepower behind you mm-hmm. with your entire insurance company's legal team coming to bat versus you trying to find a lawyer. Yeah, that, that umbrella insurance, also known as personal liability insurance, 
um, you know, one thing that's overlooked with a lot of folks is, okay, well, I've got car insurance, right? Mm. And there's, but, but of, of course, in any car insurance, there's a certain limit in terms of what is paid uh, by that car insurance to yep. cover in, for example, if you're at fault and it turns out to be something that is tremendously expensive, you may not have enough uh, car insurance benefit to pay for that. And so that's where something like an umbrella insurance would kick in as a personal liability um, to cover those extra costs. So as Matt said, uh, yeah. umbrella is something um, that you could talk to a financial advisor, an insurance agent about. It is, compared to anything else, relatively cheap yep. in terms of to put into place. But certainly it's one of those things, as most insurance is, you, you pay for it with the hopes you never need to use it. Yeah. Um, and uh, But um, certainly if something does happen where it creates a, a loss, you definitely want to have some sort of coverage in place to make sure that that money's not coming out of your pocket, but it's from something that, that mm. you're, you're paying into. Okay, so two more things that I, I can think of that joining this uh, world opened my eyes to. You mentioned it earlier, healthcare proxy. Explain what that is and why that's important. Yeah, so just like a trust dictates uh, what happens um, uh, in simplistic terms, it's a, it's a legal, it's an entity, that a uh, piece of paper that dictates what happens um, you know, uh, after death. Uh, a healthcare proxy could, should be thought about, okay, what if I am incapacitated uh, from a health perspective? I'm in the hospital, I'm in a coma. What happens then, mm -hmm. right? In, in terms of uh, things like um, who do I appoint to take over the responsibilities? Um, if, um, um, you know, if there's a certain amount of time before... Um, uh, if I'm on life support and things of that nature, if there's a certain amount of time. So think of a healthcare proxy as sort of a trust in yep. a sense, uh, but it's a legal document that tells, hey, what happens if something from a healthcare perspective happens and um, these decisions are made, a healthcare proxy is making decisions in advance yep. of these allowed. particular scenarios. Mm -hmm. The last thing that opened my eyes as a parent that I want to bring up today is how, th from a financial perspective, where kids cost me money that I wasn't really thinking about is the, the efficiency of my time and what I see as worth paying for with children versus worth paying for without. Mm. Okay, examples can be, and mostly there's services that you're going to do that will require your time that now with children, you want to actually spend time with your children and be a, be a present parent. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are going to essentially outsource services that you were previously doing on your own Maybe it's dry cleaning, laundry, uh, snow plowing, if you're in cold states, landscaping, right. grocery delivery, yeah. any of these things that really actually buy you more time to be present with your kids and effective at your career mm -hmm. are things that you actually start to pay for as a parent that you really maybe didn't think about. It's amazing how having kids changes your perspective. Yeah, I was right? incredibly inefficient with time. Well, I, I tell you, before I had kids, the thought of having somebody else mow my lawn yeah. <laughs> yeah. was something that just, just didn't. But, but after having children and understanding exactly what Matt is talking about in terms of one thing that we, one thing that we can choose to, the, to a certain extent is how we spend our time and, and what we prioritize in our own lives. Yep. And the beauty of in today's day and age is technology makes that a hell of a lot easier. Yep. Um, and, and that goes into, you mentioned one thing near and dear to my heart is grocery delivery. Um, <laughs> being, able to go, being able to go online um, and have groceries delivered and not have to jump in the car and spend 45 minutes or an hour or two yep. hours, whatever, walking around the grocery store and loading everything in the car and so on 
taking away from activities with my children, taking activities yeah. away from uh, uh, work to, and so on. So technology, obviously, living in today's day and age, uh, makes things a lot easier in that respect. But they're yep. certainly really important considerations when you have children. And I'll be the first to admit that prior to having children, as I said, things that I didn't think I would ever do and take advantage of, I am certainly taking advantage yep. of now. Yep. And, um, and, and uh, I would say for anybody having children, be open-minded about making your life easier yep. and allowing yourself to prioritize the things you want to prioritize. Yep. That's all I got for yeah. what opened my eyes today for uh, when I had kids. There's awesome. a lot that opened my eyes, but financially, yeah. I think those are some important We could fill things. up a lot of podcasts with <laughs> the whole, yeah, too much with that. But um, we appreciate you joining us yeah, today. Again, um, find us at BeckBodie.com, um, Instagram handle at BeckBodie, um, uh, podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Again, uh, we mentioned it in a prior podcast, but in our opinion, for one of the best sources of education with respect to making decisions about finances and such, Dancing with the Analysts uh, by David Malik um, is a great educational novel, not financial textbook, but novel mm. that gives you some really pertinent information about how, how you should look at the world in terms of making decisions about your finances. So yep. um, highly recommend taking a look at that. Um, direct message us. Email us at social at Beck Bodie for more information in the book and other financial topics that you would like to see us talk about in the future. Yeah. Thank you for joining us.